Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to my podcast. I'm a wife, a mom of one, a stepmom of three, a coach, an entrepreneur, and a conversation opener, bent determined to live a kick-ass life. You are looking for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life. You are listening to the right podcast. Life can be hard, really, really hard. But I believe that it's possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. In fact, I'm grateful for all life's challenges. I really, really am because I really believe that overcoming the tough stuff makes life that much better. Each week, I am going to bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts that will inspire you to live your own version of Kick-Ass Life while bringing you along as I create my own. Let's dive in. guys, welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we are not talking about step parenting. We are talking about the transition to being a single mom, specifically how to thrive during this tough stage in life. Now, my good friend Joanna Vendetti of Nesting Story is on the show, and she's a mom of four, including twins, a content creator, a vlogger with a highly acclaimed YouTube channel, which is The Nesting Story, as well as her blog. And she is a super talented digital entrepreneur. And guys, 2020 rocked Joanna's world even more than it did the rest of us. Her marriage ended and she became a single mom of four. Now, I always say on my platform that none of this was in anyone's five-year plan. And when I say that, I'm talking about being a stepmom, being a single mom, being a single dad, being in a second marriage, getting divorced. Like No one plans on any of this, but yet it happens. It just happens. And in this episode, we are talking about the transition to being a single mom, how Joanna did it while she was sharing her life online, her strategies for self-care, and what she's done and continues to do to thrive during this tough time. Single mom, stepmom, married mom, whatever kind of mom you are, I know you're going to take something away from this episode. Let's dive in. Joanna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I know. I'm, you know what? I'm First, I'm excited to share you with my community and like the conversation that we're going to have today. But I also am so excited to chat with you because I feel like we haven't seen each other in so long and it's just going to be I nice know. to kind of catch up. I know. I've missed you. <laughs> it's I been know. too long. There's been no conferences. There hasn't really been anything going on. And that's typically when we run into each other. So this is going to be good because you've had a lot of life changes. I have <laughs> a lot of life changes, so but I'm rolling with it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's what you just have to do, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, so for those who aren't familiar with you, can you just kind of give us a bit of a lowdown, introduce yourself, uh, what you've got going on and what you're all about? Sure. So I am a mom of four. I have a son who's 11, a daughter who's nine, and then six-year-old twin girls, And in a previous life, I was an interior designer. And when I was pregnant with my twins, I decided to pivot my my business, which was an interior design um, firm called Nesting Story, into a personal blog, talking about twins and pregnancy, but kind of like not losing yourself along the way as a mom, because I had done that when I had my first child. And um, it kind of took off immediately and became its own thing. And so now today I, I share content on like home stuff, lifestyle, parenting, definitely a lot of wellness and kind of, um, personal development and beauty and everything. And I have, um, a YouTube channel and a blog and 
yeah. And it's, I've built this amazing community and I love it. Yeah. And you have a, such a phenomenal YouTube channel and such a great fan base of, of women who are striving, you know, striving for the same thing is that not getting lost in motherhood. And that's an easy thing to do when you have four kids and well, twins too, right? Like that's a whole other beast in itself. Mm-hmm. And I really like to focus on problem solving in, in the home and how to make it. I, I really like that balance of making it beautiful and functional and problem solving, how to organize your life and create systems and schedules and routines so that you're not drowning and mm-hmm. you can create the time for yourself and your kids and all of it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I do feel like there's this push online right now where it's like, just kind of embrace the chaos and it's, it, it, you're not going to be able to do it all. And, you know, it's, it's okay if you feel like you're drowning all the time. And I know you and I, we've talked about this before. We're both like, yeah, it doesn't really, it's hard. And you're obviously going to have days where you feel like you're struggling, but it doesn't have to feel that way. Like you can implement strategies and systems, like you said, to thrive amongst all of that chaos. Yeah. I like, um, routine and I'm like, I'm, I wouldn't call myself like two, two type a, but I find if you, you know, create homes for items in your home or have, you know, even just my kids are back at school knowing that, okay, at this time I'm going to do this. And then this time I do my girl's hair. And then, you know, just if you can plan a bit more and then once you've done it and you know how to create structure in your life, there doesn't need to be that chaos, but you're also, and then you start freeing up time and, you're thinking you're not running into problems, you know, Mm -hmm. a few hours later, a few days later. So yeah, I think you and I function in a very, we're we're cut from the same cloth a bit. You and I. Yeah. I feel like we're both super together sometimes. And then all of a sudden it's a freaking gong show. And then we stop and ask ourselves, okay, well, how can I do this better? And then we implement new systems and it's just like wash, rinse and repeat. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Love it. Okay. So amongst all of this and all the things that you have going on, you've had to pretty big transition in your life over the last maybe year, almost a year. Like you are a single yeah. mom now. I am. I You're am a single mom of four. Did you ever, <laughs> was that, Jesus, did, did you ever see that happening? No, I keep saying to people, I'm like, if someone, so it's a, I would say it's like a little over a year, around a year mark. But like, if someone had said to me summer 2019, uh, a year from now, or a little over a year from now, you are going to be a single mom of four amidst a global pandemic, I would be like, get out of here. Like, what? No. Um, so, you know, <laughs> but I'm thriving. Like, that's the thing is like, I've been able to kind of like thrive through it. My kids are thriving. And I know that's what we're going to be talking about a lot. But yeah, big change. Big, big, big change. Yeah, huge, huge change. So what was it like going through a divorce, like, okay, there's obviously the pandemic piece, but you're also very public about your life. You know, you release YouTube videos throughout the week, like you're on social media, you are sharing a lot of the behind the scenes of your life. What was that like for you when, you know, you're putting out this content, but behind the scenes, you also have all of this stuff going on. Like my world was on fire behind the scenes. Um, so before I jump into kind of sharing, I will preface this, that to your audience that, and I've shared this on mine, that, um, when I talk about this topic, I'm very aware that I have older kids who have access to all of this. So whatever I say, I'm very careful to know that they could one day or their friends could hear it or read it or whatever. So, um, that's why I share the way I share it. I know we'll talk about that too, but basically, um, about a year ago, um, I would say my 
marriage um, fell apart. And, you know, when you come to that realization, because I've spoken to a lot of women kind of, especially in DMs who are going through it, um, it's like, it's, it's this, I felt like my world was just falling apart and, um, I, my kids had no idea. And it was a personal decision to kind of like get my ducks in a row before they knew. Um, and so I had to, it, you know, I describe it like stranger things that the upside down, like you're in, you're in your reality and everything's clicking along. And then suddenly just like you really, it hits you like what you're going through and you're in, you're like at school pickup or something. I'm looking at all these moms who don't know yet what's going on. And my world is just on fire around me and I feel like I can't breathe and everything. I, you know, I even like lost my appetite and like it just, as I was going through that initial kind of like, wow. And then, but you have to fake it. Like there was a lot for me because it was my choices about like how I managed it. I'm really glad I did everything the way I did, but, um, whew, it was a lot. And then making the decision is the hardest part. A lot of people said, yes, there's a lot of other hard stuff, but when you really kind of break it down, um, to make the decision is the hardest part. And then once the decision was made, it was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. And then I had to kind of just start, like, there's a lot of untangling of a marriage and everything. So Mm -hmm. there's so many, like, it's, it's wild. And I kept it all quiet. Um, I'm, I'm a, a public person and, I, if you kind of go back in videos and there's a video where I said, you know, I'm going to go down to one video a week. And that's kind of when the, the flip happened around then. And I just was like, okay, take everything off your plate. You can, and you got to kind of make sure you're taking care of yourself during all this. So what I really did was, um, kind of reserve the energy for my kids and my public self to be able to kind of tr- keep things trucking along while privately, I worked through that and, and that was just my personal choice on how I was going to do that. I'm really glad I did it that way. It was a lot of work. Um, but I'm really glad I did it that way. Yeah. Because it's Brene Brown, right? She has the whole, she has the rule that she doesn't ever share anything. And I think you and I have talked about this mm-hmm. until she's fully gone through it. So yeah. she doesn't, because sh- typically if you're going through something, especially, and, and I have very similar rules in my platform, it's if I'm going through something in that moment, I don't share about it because your emotions really impact the way that you perceive a situation. And you don't yep. want to say something that you would regret because the internet is forever. And like you're saying, like kids are going, like, our kids are on the internet. My, my stepkids see what I post. I'm not sure if they even look, but they could, right? They could. Yeah. Um, and that w- that's how I've always operated. So um, anytime that I shared something online. And I can think of a few instances, like I would never share something until there was resolution. Um, and then if I felt like it was a, it was a story or something that people could benefit from, then I would share it. So that was really, really important for me. I, I, I feel for these people who put out these huge statements as soon as it happens, yet they're in the thick of the emotional part and they don't have all the answers. And then they have to answer to an online community. Like, for me, I needed to walk through that season of life, um, just leaning on my close friends and family and privately and, and go through that. Cause it's a lot, it's a lot. And then make sure that I was a very healed whole person when I started to share a little bit publicly, that was just really important to me. 
Mm-hmm. No, and I and I think that's so important. Now, have you set any rules? Because this is another question that I get, especially when people are, you know, they'll ask, well, how can you share stuff online about your stepkids? Like, what does their mom say or and all that? And like, so you do have to have those conversations. But yes. have you had to have any of those conversations with your ex about what you're going to share about your life moving forward? Because now he's not, he's part of your story, but not in the story. And I, it kind of complicates things. Oh, it does. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. We have kind of outlined the way I will share. We're in line with how I would share, but more just kind of like from my perspective and also knowing that whatever goes out there, the kids can see. Um, we even have some stuff in our, you know, our legal parenting plan is, is how um, we had it right down to that. And I feel good about that. Like I, I respect that. And there's definitely rules. Like there's things about mostly just kind of like from my lens and more um, personal growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do get a lot of questions about the specifics of that process. And even that for me, it's just, I, I have to also choose for myself moving forward. Am I going to make my content about this? And I really, I will share some little bits of my personal experience here and there, but I really don't want it nesting story to be about that. Um, but yeah, we definitely have rules, definitely have outlined how that is approached. And I think, and I even, it wasn't even part of our rules, but I went back and just made a whole bunch of videos. I haven't taken their dad off of the content. Like he's there. He's a big part of my life and their life and my past. It's like a chapter ending. I don't feel like it's a failure. I honestly feel like it's a chapter that's ended, but I did go back on my own and privatize a whole bunch of videos just because I just didn't want, like I wanted nesting story to be able to transition into a new place. And, and that for me personally was really important to just kind of create that tone. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree. So you just said that you don't tell the nitty gritty about what's going on. And I think that's so important because I know there's people who will reach out to me online. They'll say, I I just want more information about what's going on. And that's what I share more in my exclusive stepmom community. It's definitely more detailed in there, but we still don't share the nitty gritty because a, I think it's, I think it's important to remember or to realize that you can share the lessons and the overall picture of what's going on and and support people through their stuff without sharing someone else's story or Mm -hmm. someone else's, it's their business, right? And I have to be really, really careful. And you, you are the same about what you share. And so it's crazy how many people are just like craving that nitty gritty detail. And it's Mm -hmm. like, would you tell the freaking internet, like your deepest, darkest, or like the details of your divorce? Like, no, something that you do have to create some boundaries in terms of what you share and what you don't. Yeah. And um, it's really interesting. I've actually been like, it makes me feel really good about how I've approached this. I've, I've been applauded by so many people on posts or videos, like the little bit I share about how I've handled it and the privacy. And that's felt really good that people respect how I've done this. But I, um, it's really interesting because the little bit I've shared, I just put out a, a blog post earlier this week, just with, like a bit of sharing in terms of like an, an, like a very high level kind of about it, but, um, I can't even, 
it's so general. Like the way I'm sharing is a very general way, but it's so funny because the page views went through the roof. Like people really are craving. And I think they want to know, like they've been invested for so long and they were invested in us as a family. So of course there's the naturally go and take my story and just all, even though it's not that exciting, but like, I think anyone who is like, you know, think really hard about sharing the front of your house or this part or that part of your story, because you never know when it, something could take off and your little community of like 200 people explodes into hundreds of thousands. Like I've gone viral before. I think that's another thing that's really helped me navigate this is I've gone in 2015. I went extremely viral and was in so like, you know, people and Cosmo and, you know, all over the news and everything. So I've had that and I know how things can catch like, um, catch on and, and grow legs. And I'm very sensitive to the fact that about what you put out there and, and how it can travel. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have to be really, really careful about what you share. And I think, yeah, more and more, I'm starting to think about that kind of stuff too. Like, you know, tagging where you are, like it only takes one creepo, Mm -hmm. right? Like one creep to, you know, put your safety at risk. So I totally get that. And I, again, I, I totally respect all of that. Now, when you're going through all of this, I have a question for you because you have coped really, really well. What are your strategies for that? Because even people who have an amicable relationship with their ex and, you know, they're kind of on the same page about things, there's still emotions involved. There's still really tough conversations. There's still that, like those, are you freaking kidding me moments Mm -hmm. where, you know, you could kind of go back into old habits or to get into an argument and just really have trouble coping. So what have you done or what tips and strategies do you have for people who are going through this right now? Okay. So I have a few. One of the first things I did was realize that fear for me was in the driver's seat. And it's good to have an element of fear in your life, but don't let it be taking over and clouding your judgment. So I actually started CrossFit in the fall and doing CrossFit. And it was partly because I was in so much emotional pain. I just needed to feel another kind of pain than emotional pain. And that was totally transformative for me. And it got rid of the fear and made me see clearly the big picture and, and, and how strong I was. So, um, I, I don't go to the gym anymore. Um, but I'm still like exercise for me is number one. And that for me creates a clear mind and, and reminds me how strong I am. So when I plan out my day, I like to sit with my planner. I'm very structured that's the first thing I put down and then everything else has to revolve around my exercise. And, um, so exercise or something, even like taking up a new skill, something that's active that will really push you to your limits, especially in those beginning stages, I think is very, I can contribute so much of how I've been able to hold it together with that. Second would be therapy in the beginning my ex and I saw a couple of therapists Then I found my own who's amazing. Then I saw another one to help prepare to tell the kids. And even whenever we have a hiccup or anything, that's who I go to, um, just to kind of like help me navigate things. So therapy's huge. And then the third thing most recently, now that I'm on the side of co-parenting and those challenges with, and those emotions and that, like with the way you put it, like you've got to be kidding me moments. Um, I've kind of, one of the things I did was, was research. And I, I'd like to dive into this more myself is how to communicate with your kid's dad. Um, like we're quite amicable, but there's definitely moments 
we we're just very different type of people. And so to kind of learn some language around certain topics and, and then have to know, okay, when I need to talk about this, this is the way I need to phrase this. And this is how, these are the boundaries around where that conversation should take place. Um, that's been my newest thing that I'm really trying to learn. And that's been a really, really important, really big deal. Oh my God. That is so huge because it's crazy how you can communicate the same thing in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And the way in which you communicate can dictate how the conversation goes. Like they can feel offended or feel like you're attacking them or feel like you're criticizing them, or it can just be a really great conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's all with the same intention, like the same, the same objective of the conversation. So I think that's huge because I'm always like, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. How you say it. Yeah. 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 You know, what's a good rule is the 24 hour rule is so if you get an email or if you're like dealing with something or need to respond to a text with the X and you're just not on the same page about it and you want to like you're having an, are you freaking kidding me moment? 24 hour rule it, (laughs) like write your response and don't send it. Yeah. Yeah, Don't send it. And then reread it the next day and like reread it in your head, how you think they would perceive it. Uh, it's hard because sometimes you just want to send because you're pissed, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, that's a really, really good strategy. Yeah. I'm trying to get better at that type of thing because I'm a very, I I don't like things to sit, but I'm getting, I'm starting to do that type of thing much more. And it's, it really pays off just to be Mm -hmm. very intentional about anything and not to let your emotions, you know, drive you to really be level-headed and to know what, your, you want your outcome to be, to be very clear about like, this is the discussion we need to have. And this is the outcome that I want to get to. So to make sure that you're really clear with yourself before diving into certain topics. Mm -hmm. No, so good. Now is the kids going back and forth to different houses or are are you guys doing the visits in your house? So they're going back and forth. There's been a bit because of quarantine visits, um, here, but there is like, they have rooms at his place and everything. And and that's gone very well. Mm -hmm. Um, they are with me at this point, the majority of the time, just because of school and everything. And I have the flexibility to take them back and forth, but I think, you know, it's going to evolve over time, but yes, it has, they have their own rooms there and it's been really nice. Like it's, they look forward to it. And I use that time to just kind of regroup and everything. It's been good. Yeah. Now, what do you want your kids to remember about this separation and divorce? Hmm. I know that's a heavy question, right? Because, you know, I always say kids are going to look back on this with an adult perspective. Like they will remember their parents' divorce with an adult perspective. It's like, what do you want them to take out of this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've had my moments where, well, first of all, I can't believe how well they're, like they're thriving and that I think, you know, the way we took our time, like a long time to even to be separated, but still live together. And then physically apart was on purpose to, to have things in line. And that was not easy. Um, but it was totally worth it. But I think one of the things lately, especially in August before school started was the fact that I became a single mom in the middle of a pandemic when I didn't have school or camp. And I didn't think it was supposed to be that way. Like when plants were put in place, I had you know, different, I was able to, um, have more help. I couldn't have parents help. I couldn't have babysitters or anything. So that was huge. I really started my single mom life 
<laughs> as basically the hardest situation as I could have, which was, it's nice too, because now I feel like, okay, it can't really get harder than that. But I would mm-hmm. like my kids to also, uh, to be like, first of all, that they felt like they were loved through the whole thing and lots of support. But the second would, I, I would like it some point when they become parents to be like, holy crap, my mom became a single mom during a global pandemic when she had zero help. And to just have that moment, it's like when we all have our first baby and you really appreciate your mom more, I would love for them to just have that moment where they're like, wow, she did that. Um, that's like, totally. (laughs) it's just like me just kind of wanting them to finally recognize. Cause there were just days where I would, you know, be so exhausted. Like I just, I'm not a multitasker and that's what quarantine forced me to do. I'm, I'm, I like to plan my day and do one task at a time and compartmentalize. And that was just so hard for me. And so I, there were days where I just looked at them and thought to myself, like, Oh, if you only appreciated like my side of things, but I know I can't do that right now. They're going through it too. Yeah. And you know, kids just don't see all the things that are going on or all that their parents do. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, I actually have conversations with stepmoms all the time and they're like, they just don't appreciate me. They don't appreciate all that I do for them. And, and like, they don't appreciate any parents. They don't really get it. Like you can't really get it until you're a parent yourself. So they are going to look back with an adult perspective and see how like, they're going to, you know, your kids are going to be like, oh my gosh, my mom was in the trenches. Like she (laughs) handled that like a freaking champ. And then it's going to show them, you know, especially your daughters. Wow. I can do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had my moments like, so where I'd be like mowing the lawn while having dinner, you know, in the crock pot and like stopping every once in a while to like get on my phone to send a work email. And I'm thinking like, I'm glad they're seeing this. Like, I want them to be like, my mom did all that. And, and I can too, like that same feeling of like, um, just seeing me take on all the roles of fixing a toilet, but then jumping into like, you know, bath time and bedtime. And like, just, that's been really, it's been really good. It's been really good for them. It's been really good for me. I've really embraced the whole thing. Well, you didn't really have a choice. <laughs> like, it's like, this all. is my reality. I can either thrive. I can either, like you said, yeah. problem solve, or I can play the victim. Yeah. I was refute. I never have played the victim. Um, in fact, I've really had to learn, especially like I have my different moments where I need to learn to reach out to people. Um, and I'm getting way better of my like little village of people, friends and family of when I, when there's like maybe a harder anniversary of things coming up, or if they're, if I'm just like having a hard time to just reach out to them, um, I'm getting better at it. That's a hard one for me. Um, but yeah, I really just made the decision a long time ago that, you know, there's a few ways I can go about this and I'm going to live my life and, live my next chapter to the fullest, um, and, and have a next chapter. Like, you know, when, even when it comes to like dating and stuff, like I, I'm not going to just be like, okay, I'm done. Like throw, you know, I just feel like this is just my next chapter and I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to go into this new chapter as a new person too, right? Cause oh, you've yeah. obviously learned lessons from your first marriage and you know, you've evolved as a person. So I always say, the second spouse or the second partner gets the better version because they've just learned so much. Yeah. Like I, I'm a hundred percent not the same person I used to be. And everyone in my world says that too. Um, and I really love this version of myself. And you know, I think it's important to look at your first marriage 
in the, as a big picture, like he, their dad and I were teenagers when we started dating and we were babies and yeah, I'm a completely different person now. Mm -hmm. Now, has this changed your perspective on divorce at all? A hundred percent, 100% it has. In what way? But it's okay. I, I come from like a very, like a, a Christian family, but my family is more like very relaxed kind of liberal Christians. But, um, I think, I don't know. So when I look back to when I got married in my twenties, but, and I was quite young, like how old was I? Maybe 20, ooh, 24, like pretty young. I was like, I've got to get married. I've got to have the kids. I've got to do it. And, um, although I never judge anyone for getting divorced, I've got a lot of family members who are divorced and have had wonderful second marriages. I just, I think that I've now had a lot of people come to me who are on the brink of making that decision personally and online. And I see it in such a different way because I think first of all, there's that whole thing about like staying together is the only good route for your kids or, and that's not true. Like the decision to get divorced was in the best interest of my kids. Um, only because like they deserve two happy parents. Mm -hmm. And I think also that the whole next chapter, um, that I can have this really amazing next chapter and that that was not, that marriage didn't define who I was at all. And I think I felt like it did. And it's hard when you're in it and to kind of see like what your best route is. And I can't give that. It's a very personal one about, do you stay and work on the marriage or do you end it? Mm -hmm. Um, but a hundred percent, like being on this side of things and going through it, um, as hard as it was and as difficult and, <laughs> you know, all of the parts of it, I feel, I feel like I see life in color now that I didn't before, which just shows that it was just meant to go this route. And everyone deserves to be happy. Right. And that's, that's the piece. My mom was on my podcast a little while ago and she was talking about her divorce and, uh, to my dad. And we were just kind of talking about our childhood and stuff. And she said, she was talking to someone who was saying like, it was such a bad thing. They were getting divorced and was talking about it in a negative life, all a negative light, almost like there was this stigma against it. And yeah, mm -hmm. you like marriage is hard work. Relationships are hard work. You need to do the work no matter what. Right. Mm -hmm. But if it's not serving you and no one deserves to live a life unhappy. Exactly. Right. Like I, you yeah. have one shot at this and you should be happy. You should be fulfilled and you should be a team. And I think that everyone deserves that. And I, I love that you're like, okay, I, I'm growing through this and I'm still going to have a future and I'm going to show my kids, you know, hopefully that type of love. And mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't with their dad and that's okay, but there is that love out there and I want to model that for them. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I didn't get married in my twenties thinking, Oh, I could just get divorced. Like it just was not on my mind. Um, and death. And it's funny because when I, when the decision was made, I think all winter and spring, I would say to my family, um, I will never get married again. I don't ever, I, it doesn't mean like, I'll, you know, I definitely plan on having a future relationships or, but I have no desire. And then quarantine's really changed me where it's made me think, oh yeah, I do want that next chapter and I'd be open to marriage again. Um, but again, I would go into it in a different way, but I definitely, you know, there's a reason why a lot of people after their kids grow out of the baby and toddler stage that there's the divorce rates pretty high. And then it's, you know, I had a lot of 
we had a lot of things against us too with twins. Like you, you start to take into everything in the cons- into consideration of all the things we've been through over the years. And mm-hmm. we had a lot working against us, but you do, you deserve to be happy. And I can't yeah. believe the happiness I've felt even in the worst parts of the past year, the beauty that's shown up in terms of relationships uh, in my life with friends and family and that you, you really get rid of like all that surface garbage and just dive right into the good stuff. And yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Now, last question. What do you, if you have any advice for someone who's going through this right now, who is going through divorce, they're, you know, a new single mom, what, what do you got? What was mm-hmm. your final, your final piece? Final, final piece. Um, get out there. I want to talk about my personal life, but I will just say like, take the time for yourself. You deserve it. You don't need to be giving of yourself to your kids 24 seven. Like you're a good mom and you deserve to like, like I create boundaries. So I shut down my house at eight 30 and my twins are already in bed asleep, but my big kids stay up late. And I'm just like last call for snacks at eight house gets shut down at eight 30. They can hang out in their bedrooms as long as they want. I'm off duty. I go to my room read a book, maybe work out, maybe have a bath, whatever. So I take that time for myself. But I think also like having relationships and getting out there and taking care of yourself and exercising. Like, I think that's so important. I think that that's huge and you need, and it's, you're not going to, you can't just wait around and that time's going to show up. You need to create that time for yourself and be intentional about it. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's super important for any mom or stepmom or just anyone who's in any type of caregiving role, right? Like you have to, you know, we've all heard it a thousand times, but you really do have to take care of yourself because at the end of the day, that's all you have. Yeah, put the oxygen mask on yourself before your kids and then you're a way better parent for everybody. They see the best version of you. Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Joanna. I love chatting with you. We have to get together. We need to have some wine. <laughs> we do. Um, we, we should have done this like in person actually with masks and wine. I don't know how to do that, but um, yes. So I'm going to link all things Joanna um, so everyone can come check you out, follow along. And again, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. That was great. And I am proud of you. I'm very proud of you and how you have dealt with this year and how you are showing up. You are freaking glowing. So you're doing something right. Thank you. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast. Give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.